back, everybody, to Deposit That Podcast. I'm sitting here with two guys today that I've known for well over a decade now, which is crazy. Paul and Eric have been the foundation to my client's recovery on credit, especially during the collapse that we all experienced many years ago. They were both instrumental in getting my client's credit scores repaired and also clients getting their credit scores boosted up, whether we had 60 days, 90 days, or even a year. We put our clients on the plan in order to get a mortgage down the road. So Eric and Paul, welcome to the show. I've never had anybody sit on left and right, so I'm going to have to go have my head on a swivel. How'd you guys get started in the business? What's your story? What's your background? It's it's actually the classic, you know, garage story. We we literally, I took some space in Eric's office back in the day in Seabright, New Jersey. What was um, he doing? Steroids at the time? <laughs> <laughs> so and he had, a, uh, he had a mortgage branch uh, company at the time, and it had a separate mailing address and, and entrance so I could pass the uh, litmus yeah, test. Right. And yeah. that was all great in June. Sneaking the back door. July. Yeah. Awesome. Sitting out back, getting sun, sure. running over to the beach. Sure. You know, then the winter hit and there's no heat. <laughs> so <laughs> we, we had to get Typical our mortgage company. Yeah, <laughs> we, we, we had a, no, the mortgage company had heat. I, <laughs> yeah, I was oh, in the gotcha, garage. Gotcha. Uh, so we had to, uh, you know, quickly scramble and, and find our first studio office. And, you know, that was back in 2006. So. Wow. Right before the crash came. Yep. Yep. What actually got you into the credit business before people even needed credit to get a mortgage? So for, being in the mortgage industry, yeah. you know, and we were subprime. So sure. every single credit report was Sucked. as colorful, colorful. Sure. Yeah, colorful. <laughs> <laughs> With red. Um, yeah. So I was trying to help the borrowers at that point in time. Then sure. we had some uh, people come into the office and solicit us from other credit repair companies. Mm-hmm. And we saw very, very quickly that most of them sucked, but they were able to do some things, right. which started to intrigue us. Mm-hmm. And at a certain point in time, we said, maybe we should just try and do it ourselves. And and that's how it happened. Now, how did you guys meet? Because you wanted to for space? Him. Oh, yeah. My, a friend of mine worked for him. At the time, I was actually teaching. Wow. And a buddy of mine said, Paul, if you come in and pick up that phone, right. you will make money. What because were you teaching? Health and phys ed. Wow. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And then you went to credit. Yep. So they say there's a direct correlation between your financial health and your physical health. Do you believe that at all? Financial health and physical health, uh, it's like everything. You know, what is, what is credit scores have to do with, uh, your auto insurance? Right. So there is a correlation right. where it falls, you know, based I based on I, statistics, there are, but not for everybody. You're that's correct. Interesting. Now, Eric, so Paul comes in from a teacher. I know you're a maniac, still a maniac, maniac, maniac since the day I met you. Were you a maniac back then? Did you push him or did he kind of like serve and like, you know, do his own stuff? It's an interesting story because when he first came to it, when he first came to me about the the idea of doing it, we had played with some other guys doing it, and we actually used them a little bit just to gain some more knowledge. And it wasn't really had to push anybody because there were so many clients out there. It was, can we get this done, and how quick can it really happen? And you know, after about ninety days of doing it, it was really like, wow, this could be a business. We still had the mortgage company, but it was something that you could foresee some things happening, and just. I think the business amongst the industry of people that we knew and on the referral side, that's how we built it. It was, you know, not advertising. It was going to belly to belly, going to see some other mortgage guys, but it really, no one needed to be pushed. It was kind of like a, an industry that was ripe for the picking based on who was doing it prior to us. I mean, I can tell you the two things that I admire you most for, and look, we met in 2008. I mean, literally wow. probably even yeah. 2007, right? In 2007. And Two things that have always stuck out about you to me is, A, your response time. 
text, call, email you anytime, you're back to me immediately. And two is your work ethic. Like you're up, you're out, you're grounding, you're pounding, shaking hands, kissing babies. I mean, where does that come from? I mean, I don't know many people that are as consistent as you are. Where did you learn that from? I think it, it really becomes a, I wouldn't say a question, but it's, it's following some other people growing up, just knowing that that morning routine was the most important thing. Like I've never, I, I guess through college slept some days where, you know, you went out the night before, but I've always never been able to sleep in the morning. Ever. Ever. Like I always wake up now, I wake up at 4.30 and, I, you know, I get the things done in the morning that I get out of the way, whether it's saving text or saving emails or going through everything from the night before. But nobody's bothering me during that time. And when nobody bothers you, you have a lot of time to think above me on that, getting everything out of the way and having no excuse to do one thing, which is my physical, uh, you know, routine of going to the gym and doing some things after the gym that I think if everybody does their routine in the morning, as far as the gym, they'll be successful in maintaining it and also continuing it. So walk us through your morning routine. Routines wake up, then hear the phone, the alarm at 4.30, which I know I'm usually up before then, probably by 10, 15 minutes, somewhere in that range. And then just getting up and getting a cup of coffee, getting a cup of keto shake that I drink. And then I, you know, we'll go through most, most of the stuff in the beginning is usually email first, maybe text first and some DMS of course on Facebook and Instagram and some other social medias. Then, uh, looking at what I can delegate, you know, sending out to the team, knowing what I don't have to get involved in certain things you get involved in emails, a little different than text because text, sometimes you can't reply at four 30, especially if it's California, sure. you know, or if it's even local, but yeah. a lot of stuff I set up, you know, I like to go through my text messages from day before, even two days, three days before I'll go back and then just set up stuff in my drafts. And once it's set up in the draft, I might have 20, 30, 50, sometimes text messages of drafts might just be, Hey, yo, Hey, yo, you just, uh, so you almost, you almost operate like a machine. Yeah, it's kind of, it's pretty sickly routine. My wife hates it. Is he that it. much of a sick fuck though? Honestly. Every day. Every day. Six, six days a week. Nonstop. Nonstop. Never have to babysit him. No. You know, once you, once you, and again, I, I, I have a lot to say about the physical routine of doing it. I just think I'm one up on everybody else by getting up that early. Well, that's the hardest part of the day is A, getting up and B, busting your ass and sweating your balls off, right? <laughs> yeah, that actually, you know what? Sometimes I laugh about it. So this is the toughest. That's actually work. Yeah, that's, what we do is not really work, mental work, but it's not physical grind. Absolutely. And then once you do that, again, getting it done in the morning, there's no excuse. So anybody that has an excuse, I always say, just get up 15, maybe a half hour earlier and just do it for a right. consistent amount of time. Right. And then you'll get into the mode of, holy shit, I feel pretty awesome. And I want to feel more awesome. Keep this high. And you'll keep going. You keep that high. And the key about doing it in the morning, that's the best part, is now your metabolism and all your endorphins are much higher for the rest of sure. the day. He, now, he, he gets very excited. Like if I text him or, or email him at 4.30, I'm five sure. Yeah, yeah. Now, Fires him up. <laughs> a lot of times it's because I haven't gone to sleep yet. <laughs> so you're known as the nation's credit repairman, so I'm told. Yeah. Right? Where did that come from? And how were you so lucky to become the nation's credit repairman? I think it was originally Stuart Varney that tagged me as the nation's credit repairman. And, and it's stu- Stuart Varney is a media host on okay. Fox Business Still. News. Yeah. Okay. yeah. So he's a character, and that's a funny story. Tell the story how you got on that. <laughs> yeah, so that was my first shot at being on. Uh, so I had done a bunch of radio wow. stuff previously, and we had a PR firm. He said, hey, look, you, you're great on the radio, but do you think you could do TV? I said, yeah, of course yeah, I could. Yeah, yeah, sure. Well, until you get in the green room at Fox, you know, Fox Studios, and I'm there, and I'm, I'm you know, I'm, Light ner- shining uh, your face. I'm nervous. They're getting makeup. I'm sitting next to Neil Cavuto. It's yeah. like the, the money, honey, and... Yeah. 
And I'm Paul Oster, right? <laughs> so, I, but I'm, I, I'm like, I got this, right? So sure enough, they're on break and Stuart Varney comes in, sits down next to me. Now they're like prepping him up a little bit. You're still shaking fixes. a little bit? Well, and I was okay. So he goes, oh, you're Paul Oster. I said, yeah. He said, are you ready for the show? I said, yeah. He goes, no, you're not. I'm going to crack you. I've had guys working on your stuff for days. See you out there. And, he, and like all the saliva went out of my done, mouth. I was dry, done. Yeah, yeah. I was done. So I was told that he is very confrontational. And if you cower to him, then it gets worse. <laughs> right right? Up, yeah, right, you got it. Right, you got to fight right. back a little bit, which I did. And it, it went great. And I got invited back, you know, on several occasions, which which was cool. And that's where he coined you the nation's credit. He repair. said, you know, you're the nation's credit repair man. Wow. I guess I am. I feel like a lot of the topics that we discuss, it's always like, especially in the industries that are hot topics, right? You find all the bottom feeders, the mortgage business, the real estate business, the title business, the home insurance business, the car sales business, right? They flock and flood the industry, right? So with credit repair, most people don't need licensing at all, right? They're probably illegally pulling credit reports and doing things from- Unregulated. Unregulated, right? From wherever they're living and saying they have an office, whatever the case may be. That's fine. I don't knock the entrepreneurial hustler spirit, but they have very sensitive information, precious information. If it's bad, it's still sensitive, right? How do you guys maintain the amount of business you guys do with your reputation when there's so many people that have placed a target on your back and they're trying to take down- companies like yourself to do the one-off deals. So that's been the fight since day one. It's always right? so yeah, always I, we could tell them, look, we're going to try and do it differently. And if you go back to 2006, right. you know, we had no credibility. None. So we would say, hey, no, we're, and they'd say, Paul, the last guy that was in here ripped off all my clients. I'm not giving you any business. And he gave me Credit, a kickback. And he gave me a kickback. <laughs> one of the first guys that I called, Stephen Meyer owns Advisors Mortgage Group. He said, Paul, credit repair, you're going to go to jail. I said, Steve, what are you talking it's about? Legal. He goes, they're all crooks. Right, you know? yeah. and I, no, no, no. We're going to try and do it differently. We're going to try and do it the right way. And it was a great model, mm-hmm. especially because we, we wanted to build it on a referral base. And you model. had your workhorse over here. So between the two of us, we knew a thousand mortgage sure, brokers, sure, right? Sure, and sure, back sure. in the day. Sure. And they all well, needed it. But the problem with that was they all, 90% of them got went out of down. the, yeah, like down. that. Yep. So now we had to say, you know, we raise our hand and say, hey, take a look at us, right? This is what we're doing. And but you guys have always been ahead of the curve. I'm sorry to cut you off, but Eric and yourself have always been the innovative. Like he would come out with like view by text. He came out with shit that like it wasn't credit related, but it no, added right. value to always. my business and the realtor's business. Always. So it's always about building a value add for our partners, sure. right? So it, for me to take a credit report, yeah. work on it, help somebody settle their debt, help them. I don't want to say that's the easy part, but that's the easy yeah, part, right. you know? It's getting them um, in everything It's else. everything else that you can do for your partners. Well, one's systematic. The other one's I call a variable. You're dealing with people, you know, they have to get you information, they have to send you the results, right? Yeah. They have to pay the monthly fee. But to fee. this day, people always say, well, I'm going to test you. Right. How do I really? Right. How, well, now. Well, I've been in business 12 years. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. Years. So I already passed the test. and right. The credibility has been there. But we still get questioned because the industry itself has had such a black eye. I know both of you have a sports background. Talk to me a little bit about how you see the value in sports setting the foundation to success after sports and yeah. still implementing it on a daily basis. We almost don't want to hire somebody if they're not an athlete, right. right? The transfer of athletics into corporate America, I don't know what the stats are, but most it's phenomenal. Yeah, CEOs, high level executives, both men and women, C level 
people in corporate America were athletes. And it's all about time management, the physical discipline, the mental discipline that goes along with it. And the will, look, making money is great, but what are you really, tr- we're trying to win. Right. Every day you try to win, right? Yep. So when I'm on the phone with somebody, I'm trying to win, whether it's win their approval, win their business, win, we're trying to win. And if you just keep doing that, then... Teamwork, too. You know, as in sports, is so big. Yeah. And I think, you know, as you build a corporation, you, you have a bunch of team players to make sure they all care about the clients, not, you know, they're just to do a job. You want to have a team that if there's something that comes about, everybody goes at it together. You know, they see another opportunity and another way to go after a report or, you know, contact the attorneys on something else. It's, you know, you want you want a group that plays like a team and, and gets it done like a team. And I think sports brings you to that level. If you've never played sports, it's kind of hard to you know, it's not impossible, but it, it, you're a step on. You just don't get it. Yeah, yeah, you don't get it. I mean, we've done weight loss challenges in the office. We, you know, if someone wants to go to the gym, right. we'll pay for their gym membership right. because we know what that direct correlation. To. Direct correlation. So any of that stuff, they, there's a race coming up, right? I'm I'm not involved. I'll be the guy <laughs> timing, uh, but you know, it gets people fired up. And it gives them a reason to come to the office other than just to you know pick check up in, those files out. and check in. Yeah. So, as you know, I featured a chapter in my book, The Mortgage Playbook Millennials, about you guys. You guys gave me your tips. It's called the Tips from, tips from Better Qualified. Let's discuss some of those tips from where they are, where they are today, to where you see those evolving to with technology and all you know the lawsuits going on with Experian and Equifax. Like, Give us a full rundown for somebody that doesn't know. They're listening to the show, and they're like, fuck, I think my credit might be bad, but I don't know. Give them... What's your first thing to do and then your process from there on out? The first thing to realize is it's a moving target, right? Changes all the time. So if it's not that good right now, don't worry about it. If it is good right now, maybe you should worry about it because you don't want to maintain it. Yeah, maintain it. And how are you going to know that? Credit monitoring is a fact of life at this point. It's the world we live in. Whether you're doing it to get early detection from identity theft, right? There's no such thing as protection. It's all detection. So the minute your score goes down, you should know why. Was it a 30-day late payment that your wife missed in a joint account? Uh, no names will be mentioned in this. <laughs> Five times. <laughs> or did somebody get a hold of your information? Right. You know, it, was there erroneous stuff placed on collections? They say that there's 70% of credit reports in America are inaccurate. That's 90. 90%. It's 90 plus. Hands down. Look, hands down. So last year... NCAP, the National Consumer Assistance Plan, was put into place. The bureaus agreed not to report civil judgments and tax liens. Why? Because name variations. Experian analyzed their own data, and 96% of those trade lines would not pass the new higher level of reporting. So they just said, well, we better not report it because yeah, we're setting system. ourselves yeah, up yeah, yeah. for a class winery, action. Might as well quit. <laughs> like you're doing something so, wrong. But think about that. Sure. Tax liens and civil judgments, two big ticket items. An erroneous wow. tax lien or, or civil judgment, right. 100 points off your score. Wow. And it doesn't belong there. Wow. And here's the real problem. It's paying the balls to get it off. And even if you take it off, you don't get the 100 points back. Wow. You get 90. You get 80. Wow. You know, you, I don't have yeah, to. I'm with you. Yeah. FICO. I don't envy them, but I don't make a billion dollars a year either. Right. They suck, right? right? The, the scoring model. The metric is all fucked up. Way. I mean, it's so, like everything else with right. technology, they haven't invested in taking a look at the new metrics that are out there, yeah. right? The algorithm yeah. is yeah. outdated. Yeah. Yeah. I have 19 accounts right. that I pay. I all miss current. one. Yeah, you're done. You're buried. And I'm done. Right. Uh, makes no sense. That, that makes them not makes credit no worthy? That's crazy. I'm with you. Crazy. The credit bureaus talk about unregulated. They've been loosely regulated by the FTC. Well, the problem is 
FCC doesn't even know how to read them themselves. That, that's so they're right. implementing <laughs> rules and guidelines and regulations on something that they don't even know the rules to. So everybody, you know, when the CFPB came into right. play, everyone said, oh, Paul, boy, that's going to kill you. No. The yeah, first people here. they looked at were the credit bureaus oh, and said, course. what the hell are you guys right. been doing? Right. You know, all these reports have this many, these many mistakes on it. I've been to D.C. twice to speak at a government government affairs conferences. And the people that sit up there are legislators. Yeah. What do you think they know about credit? Nothing. Here we we Hey blocked, Paul, can you pull my credit? Yeah, we well, we blocked we right. blocked out reports. Right. We handed them all out. We said, Senator, could you please look at yeah. page five and tell me tell- the trade line Bank of America, what's going on with I don't know. No, you don't know? Well you think the woman in Bismarck, North Dakota knows? Nope. She doesn't know nope. either. Nope. Or from an urban area that can't read? That's right. So fiscal literacy, credit education is a big part of what we try and do. Sure. Now, so you said you have a credit mon- – I know you have a credit monitoring program. Yeah. Talk on that. Is there a cost associated with it? Who is it for? Explain it. You get what you pay for, right? So don't you know, look at Equifax, right? Credit karma. Yeah, or credit karma. I would say credit karma is even better than going direct to like – one of the credit bureaus. Is it? Sure. I'm Equifax biased. goes through the data breach. Right. That's a whole joke, what's going on right now with the recovery. Everybody got the notices yeah. about yeah, yeah, 125, yeah. whatever. Yeah. Oh, yeah. you're really not going to get that. Yeah. You're going to get a Seven dollar. Cents. Yeah. You're, <laughs> or you can get credit <laughs> money. Or switch. Yeah. They wanted more data. Yeah. Or you can, well, listen, or you could sign up for their free credit monitoring. Right. Okay, I want well, the bureau the who lost all my right, have more. information. <laughs> so you get what you pay for. Unfortunately, you're going to have to pay 10, 15 bucks a month. You don't need some of those crazy companies out there. I mean, they'll monitor your dog if you want, right? So you don't need to spend 35, 40 bucks a month. But you guys have a service in house that you We do. Pay. And what the most important part about the monitoring, that's the easy part. But it's like the, uh, I don't know who did the commercials. You know, I'm a dental monitor. I really, I can't help you. I, I just found the problem. Now you got to fix it. Now you got to fix it. So make sure that there's a resolution service behind the credit monitoring. You get an alert. Somebody bought a car in North Carolina in your name. What, now do, what? what are you going to do? Now the average person stops working, by Panics. the way. Right. They calls, shut calls down. Calls their friend, their calls spouse. this, yeah, that, yeah. the other thing. Post so, on Facebook. <laughs> yeah. So they could spend a long time trying to correct that problem. So have a resolution service in place. So you do have, what's the cost for your service? It depends, but it's the average about 12 bucks a month. Gotcha. Give us another tip, Eric, on what you've seen from your experience. You know, what is somebody, okay, so now you know, you think you have bad credit or you don't know where you stand, you pull your report. What's your advice to somebody? Get it to us to review it. No, I mean, most people, what they do wrong on a tip side is they'll look at their collections, they'll look at some judgment stuff. And, you know, we hear it all the time coming from it. You know, they're working with a mortgage guy and they're ready to pay it off. They're ready to pay it off in full. And they're going to do a bunch of stuff if they do that right. and not benefit. Right. Why pay off in full right. when the harm's already done? There's, you know, on the collection side, we have attorneys in-house that do a ton of stuff on finding different violations. And, you know, on the debt side, before you do anything, it would be my biggest tip to do nothing. Call us first because there's so many laws that can help you Ways not have to pay it. Yeah, there's yeah. there's ways to win money against the, a lot of the collector, uh, collectors and some of the, you know, collection companies that are doing some violations. And again, the attorneys can pinpoint that pretty quickly. So just to build on that, especially if you have collections, judgments, charge-offs, tax liens, those are big ticket items. And this is where if you think it's expensive to hire a credit repair organization, sure. you know, when you try and do it yourself, right. 
you're going to wind up spending more money or, or doing further damage to your credit. And you don't even know all the regulations. You don't. And paying off a collection that's more than two years old, your scores will actually come down right. in the beginning. Right. It's opening up your closet. It's definitely going to help you in the long run. But a lot of our clients are obviously in the window to purchase a home, buy a car, insurance. Student loans. Right. And if they do certain things, you know, they actually shoot themselves in the foot. So hire a professional, you get what you pay for, check them out, make sure they're, you know, credible and all that stuff. But the reality is this is a situation where you need, can you repair your own credit? Absolutely. Second page of our contract is a federal file disclosure that says you don't have to pay me to help you fix your credit. But the reality is you don't have to pay a lawyer, you don't have to pay the doctor. You know, sometimes it pays to hire a professional. And those they're doing every day. Yeah. So- the biggest topic now in in the country is obviously you know credit and financial literacy and education, right? So high school and college kids, what's your top two things you would tell them to begin building their credit from as early as a freshman in high school all the way up to a senior in college in that time frame? So over that eight-year span, what would you recommend? So I, I think part of the problem is, just like with my mom, right? What did she tell me? Don't get a credit yeah. card, Paul. Yeah, you're, yeah, you're going to get yeah. yourself in trouble. Yeah. You have no idea how to, how to manage that. You don't that. need that blanket at the Yankee game. Right. <laughs> you know? Or the keg of beer, whatever, <laughs> for emergency yeah. only. He's told that story um, a few times. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Kegs. So what happens is their first time in managing their credit, they could be out on their own, and they they don't have any idea. Hot girl at the bar. They, right. And, you know, a couple shots, a couple rounds of drinks, or bottle service, whatever. Gone. gone. Now how are you going to pay it off? And if you don't pay it off, you're at 17, 20, 28% interest rate. And then the next month comes, and you put a little more on. And you put a little more on. And that debt spiral happens very, very quickly. It's dangerous. And the average person has no idea how to get out of debt. So they have to, you know, take a step back and again, work with somebody that knows what they're doing. So the young people get very low credit limit credit cards. Maybe you get 500, whatever tops, right? Because if you're maxing tops. that out, yeah. then you're living way above your means right, anyway, right? right? right. So right. No income coming figure in. out what you need versus what you'll want very early on. Kids, or they're not kids, but young people coming out of college, they have no idea what a budget is all about, all. right? They're just go to, oh, I'm, yeah. I'm making $200,000. Yeah. People making $200,000 a year are broke. They're in debt. And that's well, not the only bringing home at 110. <laughs> yeah, that's not the way it should be. Right. So unless you have an, an understanding of how to budget your money, manage your money, manage your credit, it's not easy. Right. And those thin credit profiles, if you get a, a 30-day late payment on a student loan, you, Buried. Boom, it's 100 points. So now if you go to buy a car, go to buy a, a, a house, sure. look, everybody, if you've ever thought about owning a home, now's the time, right? You could set yourself up for the next 30 years, sure. less than 4%. Yep. I mean, it's it's unheard of. Yep. And we could very quickly go back to a an environment where it's 18%, right? People it wasn't me, that long ago. You laugh. I'm sure you hear the same thing. Like, okay, your mortgage rate's 3.25%. <laughs> You're pissed off that it's not 3%. Yeah. But you have 
twenty thousand in credit card debt at eighteen percent. That doesn't piss you off. Like I'm confused here. Yeah, three percent. No, yep. You know, it doesn't exist. Three point two five does, but you're pissed at three point two five. But you're carrying three hundred dollars a month in interest. Your in credit cards, right? So the reality and the payment difference is probably right. twenty bucks. Anyway. Like, oh, that's credit cards. You know, oh, I'm getting what? I'm like, I don't understand this. Like, are you, am, I, am, am I stupid? The like, only you know? the only debt service somebody should have right now is a mortgage. That's it. That's it. Everything so else, you should put it in there. Now, like, there's some wackos that'll tell you, don't use your house like a piggy bank. What are you crazy? Yeah, why not? Now's the time right. to yeah, use yeah, your exactly. house like a piggy yeah, bank. Exactly. Pay off. Every yep. thi- every other debt that Set you have, it. put it in your mortgage and then live there happily ever after. Get you know, your interest right off the deduction. Yeah, like you're, you're saying, good. people are putting you know, money in a 401k. Yeah. They're getting Nothing. they might not be getting any return, and they're carrying 28%. Yep. Yep. So every dollar you pay off in your debt is like getting 28% back. Correct. Show me the vehicle Correct. where you're getting that. Not legally. Pay your debt off first and then take care of everything else. Interesting. What do you have to add to that? Not on the debt side, but something just thought I just thought of because it happened to me and a good friend yesterday. If you are co-signing, if you're a co-signer in, on student loans or cars or any of these things for your kids, make sure you're the one collecting from your son or person that you co-sign or a daughter from that you're co-signing for, and you're making the payment because it'll be too late for you to find out that they didn't make the payment after the fact. And just just what happened to a good friend. Co-signed for, for a long co-signed, time. went to refi because rates are that low. Yep. She can't get the rate she wants. Cars and mortgages too. Hundreds 100%. of thousands of dollars sitting right. in equity that she can't touch can't now touch. because she co-signed for something. Now, is there a way, let's say, for example, I put you on one of my accounts as an authorized user or a co-signer. I want to then take you off. Let's say it was my account. I put you on. I missed the payment. Can I take you off after that payment's been missed or no? Like, Will the creditor give? If you're the authorized user... That late payment isn't going to hurt you. So you can come off. You can say, hey, Jeff, thanks right. for right. letting me be an authorized right. user, but now I want out. Oh, you can. Right? Yes. Absolutely. Interesting. That's a great That's a great tip. So let's yeah. say you're in a relationship and your girlfriend puts you on a credit card. You guys break up. She lets everything go. And I'm like, fuck, I'm an authorized user on all 10 of your accounts. I can call up and have myself removed from all 10, and it will not show up on my credit report. Correct. That's valuable. Very valuable. That's a million-dollar tip Listen, right there. we tell every – even even married couples. I'm with you. Why get a joint account? Right. If you want a, an Amex and he wants yeah. – get joint, separate. get separate accounts. It's reality, wow. right? I don't have to tell everybody what the divorce rate sure. is. Sure. And joint accounts crush people, right? Uh, we Eric has heard me say it a thousand times. Here's a very important tip. A divorce decree – Okay, an honorable judge, right? He says, Jeff, you're responsible for all the credit card debt. Maybe you got 80 grand in credit card debt. Eric, <laughs> you're responsible. <laughs> you're responsible for some other stuff, right? right? Now that when you're figuring out the MSA, the marital settlement agreement, sure. Jeff owes 80, Eric only owes five. Or, you know what, Eric? You're not going to get as much as you thought because Jeff's going to, he's responsible for that 80 grand. And you say, oh, okay, yeah. So it comes out of the equity of the home, whatever. Now so you even walk, if I spent the 80, he's, he's- You walk out of the courtroom, that divorce decree means nothing in the real world. Wow. The creditors don't care what the judge said. So if it was a joint account you and oh, you don't pay it, yeah. his credit gets destroyed. Now he can come back after you in civil court. Of course. It doesn't happen. Right. His credit's destroyed and he never got the 80 grand in the settlement agreement. Wow. So, and a t- divorce attorneys don't 
get it. I'm sure. They, they say, they know nothing. They my client, know. my client will take the credit card debt right. and it'll come out. So if you're supposed to get a hundred grand out of the equity of the home. So better off is taking the equity and leaving the other person with the debt. Take, well, say, well, I'm not leaving here until all the debt's paid. Gotcha. So hold we'll, in we'll, an escrow, send payments out, whatever. Pay, that's right. So take it, take it out, pay it off. You don't walk out. Well, with, 70% of people that are listening to this show that are going to get married, are going to be divorced, if not more than that, right? Yep. So that's the number one tip, I think, is make sure if you have debt, that gets paid off before you leave the courtroom. We we hear it every single day. But the judge said, the yeah. divorce, I'm going to send you the divorce decree. Don't bother. Right. Because Citibank doesn't care. Right. They don't care what the judge said. Interesting. It does not supersede the original agreement. So close the accounts, have the joint accounts dissolved, and, and the balance is paid in full before you leave the courtroom. How often should somebody that's not shopping for a mortgage, a car, student loans, credit cards, pull their tri-merge credit report. 30 days is okay. You know, you have a credit, mo- yeah, credit monitoring every, you know, take a peek every, every month. Some people are nuts. They're looking at it maybe Daily. Daily. every day, yeah, yeah, yeah. every week. 30 days, I think, is okay for the average. Yeah, as long as you're monitored, you'll, you'll see what's going on. You know, new accounts or inquiries, you kind of get an idea. And I know one of your guys' biggest businesses are – Business business credit for LLCs. Do you guys want to touch on that? How can somebody apply with you? How can somebody build up credit? What can they expect? And then the time frame of which they can get lines. Yeah, so we call it business credit, right? So business credit revolves around not your social security number. It's going to revolve around your tax ID. And in the industry we're in, we deal a lot with realtors and broker owners and mortgage people, not so much because they work for companies, but a lot of people in the real estate industry have companies that they formed, whether it's an LLC, some having corporations. And I'd say about 97% of them don't know about business at all, never pulled a report, have no idea what to do. So it's kind of, you know, it's a... It's something that if you follow the program, what we put in place, you by end of six months can have credit cards, cars, everything, and everything. Now, if someone has bad that. credit personally, has they, no, nothing, has no nothing, impact at all. No impact at all. It might have some impact on some higher line right, items. Right. You know, when you're looking for two hundred fifty sure. grand, right. that's some sort of credit line. They might look at your personal credit, but the majority of the things between credit cards and cars, it's all done on your tax ID. They don't ask for your social, which is kind of cool. So you're that two point, lives, per- but that's yeah, how it should a, be. Personal but, life. So that the, the life, perfect right? example is our. We have like six cars now, but the car that I drive every day, I don't own it. Better qualified owns it. Oh, so wow. let's say something happened and we had to go out of business tomorrow. Or a lawsuit, whatever. It's it's financed through Wells Fargo, so they would come and repossess it. That wow. would never appear on my business ever. ever on my personal credit and. People run around with credit cards that sure. say the name of the company, sure. and I've I have uh, you know corporate credit cards. No, you personally guarantee right. it. Yeah, PG and, and if you go out of business, right. even if you go bankrupt, guess what? They're coming, They're coming you. after you yeah. personally. Yeah. So build your business credit. Separate your business credit from your personal credit. It should be like the number one priority for every single business owner that's out there. Any entrepreneur. There's no. Some people say well, I don't need business credit. Right. Okay, so you're telling me that you don't want access to a hundred thousand yeah. dollars with no PG. You don't want credit cards, gas cards, automobiles with no PGs. Okay, yeah, what are you nuts? Good yeah. luck to you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and no debt shows up on your personal credit report, which is huge. What's your time frame to getting somebody, you know, a valid business credit score or a line of credit, or how does it work? Walk us through the process. So I apply with you today. I give you my tax ID number for my entity for this podcast, and you're like. Okay, what are the next steps? Well, what's cool in the beginning, we're going to pull a report. Yeah, I don't need a tax ID. You don't? No, you don't need a tax ID to pull a report. You only need a tax ID to start building it. 
So on the, you know, all I need to pull a report or all we need to pull a report is your name of the company, city and state of incorporation. And I'd say 95% of the time we pull it, there's no report. Nothing. Nothing. Sometimes there's, you know, some, if you acquire the company, there might be some other owners on there that need to be removed. There might be some updates on addresses, but majority of the time there's nothing. Sometimes very rarely you have somebody that ended up knowing how to build their business credit or they had somebody build their business credit, but that's very rare. Right. But 90, you know, 5% of the time there's nothing. So again, what we'll do is start, start you off with uh, a few vendors, vendors where we know we're going to get approved, lower lines, anywhere from, you know, 200 to 500 bucks worth of credit. Sure. Again, only on your tax ID. You're then going to go to these or they're mostly online. So you're not going there, but they do have physical occasions and shop and you have to spend 50 bucks or more. And after that, 50 bucks reports, or actually uh, you get the bill after 14 days. And the big difference on business credit than on consumer credit is consumer credit typically you have 30 days to pay it. On the business credit side, you want to pay it within 14. So paying it is more of like an accounts receivable. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. And they look at it 14. If you yeah. go past 14, it's yeah. not good for your score. It's but a slow pay. Yeah, yeah. It's a slow pay. So after 14 days, you're going to pay it that 50 bucks, then reports. So you're paying a vendor essentially. And at that point, after you have between three and probably between three and five vendors, you'll go to a, what we call tier two. And that typically takes anywhere from 60 to 90 days. And after that point in tier two, you're going to get some other vendors that have bigger lines. You know, one might be Amazon, Amazon, uh, an account in your business name. They could give you 10 grand. Seriously. Absolutely. It was, uh, you know, for us, we learned about it by building our own. So that was kind of cool. And I remember doing it, you know, probably about eight maybe nine years ago when we started building ours and some of the vendors back then weren't around. And, you know, it's a constantly a fluid kind of business credit I like because there's different vendors, kind of sure. like in the mortgage world when you had different guys coming in with different product and, you know, it's the same thing. You get wild, different wild vendors. Yeah, kind of. And, that, you know, it's not as wild because, again, they limit it to a couple thousand dollars. But capital is so cheap right now. Are you seeing a lot of people flooding this business I'd say yes and no. I mean, yes, they're the people that know about it, but yeah. in the real estate world, they're not flooding it. Why don't they do that though? I mean, are they nuts? Why is it hard for you guys to get the word out there? I feel like if you're handing out a hundred thousand dollars in let's just say an eighteen month span, why would somebody not start it today? Because well, you know the real estate market's gonna slow down, you know you're gonna need access to money, yeah. and you know your commissions are gonna slow down or decrease. So why not have the safety net? And how big it is it that it does not affect your personal debt to income. Huge. Every single one I've ever done in my life, hard money, loan sharks, you name it, right? I've personally guaranteed everything. And at one point, it was like $600,000 between franchise agreements, this promissory note, that promissory note, this, you know? Yep. And I did it all personally because that's that was all that I knew. You know, hey, and, you, got, you got to do it. And you if you're listening, it. it's it's worth mentioning. We we we've, we already bashed the consumer credit right. reporting agencies, which they're all they all now have their hand in business sure. credit. But the the go to score is the Paydex score. The Paydex score is the FICO score of business credit. Gotcha. And Dun and Bradstreet sucks. Right. And Dun and Bradstreet Business Credit Builder sucks, sucks even, even worse. <laughs> yeah. And it's a scam. They've been involved in multiple lawsuits, all this crazy stuff. So if you want to do it, right? And I tell everybody, just like consumer credit, I'll tell you how to do it. You say, right. oh, I'm just gonna do it myself. Right. Okay. Yeah. Here's the deal. Call me in six months when you don't do it. No, I'm calling you in three. <laughs> and I'm gonna or and before I call you, I'm gonna yeah. check your report because right. I can do it without your permission. <laughs> right. And if you don't have a paid score of an eighty, then you're hiring me. Deal? Fair. Deal. I'll send you the do-it-yourself kit right now, and I'm calling you in three months. And the reality is you're selling widgets, you're building things, sure. you're doing sure. – you're not going to do this. And you're not going to do a follow-up. And to pay us to do it right. 
it, you know, we could, we should probably charge <laughs> double what we what, charge. So, so we're going to all, well, <laughs> I think that the whole purpose of this podcast is not only to give people the information for the basics, but let's give the entrepreneur something, right? So what do you guys typically charge to establish somebody's business credit? And if they call you guys with the code QB or deposit that, right? What small little discount can you give them? Up to you guys on the spot. Do it, Eric. <laughs> oh, I'll give you one. I'll give you one. I'll do, we'll do it for a fifty percent off. Wow, fifty percent, fifty percent. Why? Because here's how I tag it in. So it's typically fifteen hundred bucks for the basic, right? You can go up to thirty five hundred if you involve some technologies, websites, SEO, a bunch of other stuff. But let's just say on the business credit side, okay. we're doing it for fifteen hundred bucks. We're gonna do it for fifty off. Seven fifty. Seven fifty. And here why? Cash. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Cash six fifty. Seven fifty. Okay. Uh, uh, we're we're going to commercial break. Here. <laughs> <laughs> I, got I was and not why? ready because for that. Because listeners on this are entrepreneurs, and entrepreneurs know entrepreneurs yeah. and business owners. Got to refer people. Got to refer, and you give us a referral by the end of 30 days and we'll honor that 50%. If not, we're going back to 1500. How's that? Fair. That's, that's awesome. That's more than fair. I mean, look, if you can't understand the value of paying 750 to get a minimum 750 back in 30 days of credit, yep. we shouldn't, I don't even want you to listen to this podcast listen, anymore. And here's, Truthfully, here's here's the other thing. I don't want you to listen. Entrepreneurs, <laughs> entrepreneurs, if, if you did it just for what we call compliance, here's the biggest mistake that entrepreneurs make. They, they don't do anything to build their business credit, but then when they need something, they apply they and they, they, you know, the, the lender goes to the secretary of state and they see garbage. Nothing's congruent. They have old addresses. Maybe they have a second location. They never registered it. They, they have their they cell phone. The fee. They don't yeah. even know about the they, fee. They have their cell phone as the, the business phone. They have, you know, a PO box. And they just get laughed right out of the room. And if time is of the essence when you need money, it's kind of like today. It's raining, right? Nobody's going to hand you the umbrella when it's raining. So do this stuff right now. Sunny so, out. so if and when you need it, right. everything's perfect. It's there. And it's there and it's easy. Now, if you do it and you want to use, let's call it $100,000 in, in, in credit, Great, right? Gas cards, credit cards, vehicles, Whatever. office equipment. Yeah. You need a new truck. Look, people in real estate, some of our, you know, our most successful clients. Zillow. Yeah. <laughs> you know, need, Paul, I need an $80,000 backup. Okay. We'll get it for you. No personal guarantee, by the way. <laughs> Those are the types of things that we do. Yeah. I think that's invaluable. Forget about valuable. That's just invaluable. There's not, there's nothing that can replace that. Having that. Blanket and yep. especially and the fact that it's family's a guarantee. Right. So typically, it's going to happen within three months. But really? you know, we'll say six months. Right. We'll, we can guarantee a paydex score of an eighty, but we try and deliver it within within ninety days. Wow. Now, when you ask how crazy can it get? A lot of it's going to depend upon the individual. Of course, the more you spend, the more credit course, you're using, the more credit you're going to build up. But the average person gets to a paydex score of an eighty certainly within six months, and that's when you're going to start to have access to tens of thousands of dollars in, in credit. That's very valuable. So we always close up the show with something we want to leave our listeners with to deposit to their memory bank. Deposit, that means deposit one thing. So we have two guests today. You're each going to be able to tell somebody, tell our listeners one thing, the most valuable thing you want them to leave the show with to implement into their daily life, whether it's personal or business, or to just really think about. You go first. On a personal level, get up earlier. Just get up half hour earlier every That's day it. and do something physically when you first wake up. 
whether it's breathing heavy for five. I mean, I've seen enough speakers say, you, you, you know, Tony, Tony Robbins gets up and does the, I forget what they call it now. I'm drawing a blank, but it's a 10 minute he does a 10 minute breathing yeah, yeah, yeah. and it's like, it's called something, but again, it gets you in that state of mind. It gets your body going. But if you're not going to do that, do push ups, do sit ups, do squat thrusts, stretch, do something where you're not rushing out of bed to hit snooze or, you know, to have to hit snooze and get up and go into that routine. You get to work. And by the time you get to work, you're still half asleep. You get your cup of coffee. You're going through your bath. Does that include like sex in the morning or no? If, if, if you can, if 430, it's going to talk. Well, Paul's not going to sleep. I, 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 I usually get slapped. But uh, on the business credit it's side, guys, I, I'll deposit two things. Just get a report. And at that point, we'll work with you and figure out what we can do because, you know, it's something that every entrepreneur needs it. It gets their mind off of, you know, that fear of not having cash when they really need it. And when when you need it, a lot of things that you need to get done takes time. You know, DMB, as Paul said, or Dunham Bradstreet, it's not an address. Simple address correction can take 60 to 90 days sometimes. I've had it and had fights with them and they don't care. They don't do anything. So to be prepared is a much better thing than have to rush and then get stuck doing something that you can't control because you got to rely on somebody else. Two deposits. Paul, what do you got for us? I would say that the sooner you realize that your credit score is either going to cost or save you money every single day of your life and do whatever you possibly can to fix it, manage it. We always talk about building, managing, and monitoring both your business and personal credit. Do it as soon as possible because every day you wait, you're wasting money. I love it. Well, look, we've been in the game 12 years together so long, so far. I think we have another, you know, 10 to 12 years to go and double up and hopefully we'll, uh, you know, find something more passionate we do. But I appreciate you guys, service-wise, friendship. I mean, you guys are two of the most reliable people, and you guys have helped me tremendously not only be successful in life, but really grow my business. So I really thank you guys. Thank you. Thanks for having us, brother. Good seeing you.